Good evening. My apologies, I didn't get the uh, <coughs> audio running on my phone first, but uh, good to be back with you tonight. I know I'm on just a touch early, but uh, <coughs> um, good thing about this is you can go back and uh, listen when you have time. So, but we're going to pick up with uh, uh, part two of St. John in the third chapter. We're going to get back into that, and I'm going to jump back in and uh, tie back in. One more thing before we move forward. I'm going to take half a step back, so uh, bear with us there for just a few minutes. But <clears throat> uh, nevertheless, it's good to be with you uh, tonight. And uh, this thing does something different every time I use it. But uh, good to be back with you tonight, <clears throat> and uh, we appreciate the uh, the opportunity to um, study the Word of God together. We do want to go to the Lord in prayer first, and then we'll just dive right into this. Our Father, uh, Lord, we thank you, God, for this day. We thank you, Lord, for this privilege, opportunity, and honor, God, that you've afforded us to study thy word. We pray, God, that you bless tonight, watch over us, keep us, and care for us. We pray, God, as we open uh, thy word and rightly divide it, we pray that we'd be good stewards over uh, the word of God, that we'd not speak anything of ourselves, uh, but we'd speak uh, through leader, uh, leadership and utterance of the Holy Spirit. We pray most of all, Father, for those that are lost, God, those that are nearest hell, never received uh, Christ precious to their never-dying soul. It's our earnest heart's desire that this whole world be saved. And we pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, that you watch over us. Bless those that are uh, sick, those that are nursing homes, hospitals, those less fortunate. God, you know the needs and the desires, God, of every saved, born-again believer. We pray, God, you satisfy them, God, according to the earnest riches and glory. Well, thank you. We'll praise you for what you do. If we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> All right. St. <clears throat> John chapter number three. I'm going to pick back up. And uh, I'm going, like I said, I'm going to take half a step back before I move forward. So we're going to jump back in uh, about verse number uh, three again. And then we're going to try and work our way, um, Lord willing, uh, through verse 21. This is going to be a three-parter, but um, we'll get through it. So as we said, we kind of this is a recap because I know a lot of people. Um, we took off last week. I didn't <clears throat> post anything. Hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving. But nevertheless, we we come out of uh, of, of Saint John chapter two, uh, where we see the purification of the temple, and then uh, that following night after the purification of the temple, uh, we see where <clears throat> um, the rabbi Nicodemus comes, and we addressed. Uh, in verse number three right here when it talks about uh, except a man be born again he cannot see the kingdom of God Nicodemus saith to him how can a man be born when he is old can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born Jesus answered verily verily I say unto thee except a man be born of water and spirit he cannot enter into the kingdom of God <clears throat> and um, we uh, we talked about this uh, last week when there was <clears throat> kind of three um, I guess I would say prominent uh, views of this you've got to uh, uh, you've got natural birth, you've got uh, <clears throat> believer's baptism, uh, and then you've got the Ezekiel 36 view. Well, since then, and and I've always uh, leaned toward the Ezekiel 36 view, and I read an article um, <clears throat> the other day, and uh, Dr. Michael Heiser, he, uh, he, he did a podcast on this. We listened to this, and uh, it was, um, uh, there's not a, a, a ton of... Uh, 
of literature out there about it, but uh, it is an intriguing opinion. And the the flow of thought uh, it gels better with uh, the rest of the context. But uh, <laughs> nevertheless, what I want to say is this: we get into this uh, we get into this Exodus concept uh, in the Gospel according uh, uh, to Saint John. And he constantly is using the Exodus. And when I talk about the Exodus, I'm talking about the Mosaic Exodus. Go all the way back to the book of Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers. Uh, because there's where uh, uh, all the ties that we brought out from the Old Testament, overwhelmingly from, from uh, chapter 1 and chapter 2, they tie uh, directly into the Exodus. <clears throat> and so I want to look at it in this light right here. Um, so when you see, when it talks about being born of water and born of spirit, uh, and the specific conversation that Nicodemus is having with Christ, what is this conversation centered about? Uh, this conversation right here is, is centered wholeheartedly about uh, what it would take, what it would require uh, for a person to see the kingdom of God. Uh, and when we see this narrative in the text and right here, we bring into this, and we've already addressed this at great length, and I'm not going to go back and rehash this, but uh, we see where the establishment of the Word in the beginning of St. John, uh, where the Word was uh, made flesh and dwelt among us, uh, we see where he was the, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world, uh, which is uh, a direct symbolism as we take away uh, from the Passover, uh, and, and the institution of the Passover was the Exodus in Exodus chapter number 12. And we see all these correlations and these parallels, and we've talked about these and discussed them at great, at great length. Uh, then we get into the, latter, or the, uh, the, the second chapter, and we see this same uh, thing persisting. We see the miracles. Well, what happened in the Exodus when they went out? Uh, there was there was ten miracles that, that God performed amongst his people. Uh, so we see these, these miracles uh, that parallels the, the Exodus. Then we see where Jesus uh, makes the declaration that he is the temple uh, and that he is the Passover. Uh, we see where uh, the Paschal Lamb uh, was baptized uh, as we go back to, to John 1. But we, we see this thought carry through. And we want to carry this uh, through right here as we get into this right here. But we, the latter portion of John 2, he says, destroy this temple and in three days. I'll raise it up. So then there again, we see where uh, uh, John, the apostle, when he is writing to us, he is trying to correlate things. And not only does Jesus say these things, but he says these things at the Jewish Passover. And at the Jewish Passover is obviously the institution of what we're talking about next this chapter number 12. All right. So then we move forward. We move forward. We get into the third chapter of the book of John. We see where Nicodemus, he was a ruler of the Jews. He was set on the pharisaical court. He came to Jesus by night. And there's a lot of uh, different parallels that we could bring out, but I'm not going to get into those because I just want to highlight this and then I want to carry this through. <clears throat> so, but the Bible tells us right here that Jesus, uh, a Pharisee, that he, he was a great, wise, high teacher, that he came uh, he came to Jesus by night. He said, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher that has come from God. We know that you do these miracles, that thou uh, doest them, and God is most certainly, absolutely, emphatically with you. Jesus answered in verse 3. This is what we're going to pick back up. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So if we carry this Exodus parallel uh, that we have already been uh, constituted and instituted in chapter 1 
in chapter 2. If we carry that same parallel into chapter 3 right here, we see where it talks about born again. What does this born again mean? Well, we read on right here. Of course, Nicodemus asked the question. I want to get to verse number 5. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And friends, listen, this is what I want to talk about. We get back to this right here. If you would, just flip back with me just for just a few minutes. To, Saint, uh, uh, to the first chapter, verses 11, 12, and 13, the Bible says he came to his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of will of the flesh, nor of the, nor of the will of man, but of God. Romans chapter 1, we've taught uh, a great length, and we've quoted this many, many times. Uh, for the gospel is the power of God, verse 16, chapter 1. Uh, for the gospel is the power of God, is the gospel is the power of God to the Jew first and also to the Greek. We see this right here where the uh, the gospel was coming first to the Jewish nation, to the Israelite people, because that is who and how God dealt with people in the old covenant race. And so we bring this forward right here. And we see this new co concept. We see where, uh, listen, the Spirit of God, the Shekinah glory of God, we talked about this in our previous uh, episode that we did. We talked about uh, uh, the, the Ruach Elohim, the Spirit of God, uh, and we talked about the paraclete, the, 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 the Greek language that's used in here. But we get into this right here. We see that this concept right here, except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit. Now carry your mind back. Into the book of Exodus, we see where uh, that uh, by the hand of God, Moses leads the children of Israel out of Exodus, uh, out of uh, out of Egypt in the Exodus. He carries them down to the to the Red Sea. Amen. He carries them to the water, being led. Uh, listen, by a pillar of cloud or by by fire and a pillar of cloud, we see that that is the Spirit of God. But nevertheless, he is led down uh, to the brink of the water. Now the Bible tells us right here in in, in chapter or in verse number five, Jesus makes this correlation. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, what is he specifically trying to tell uh, this Pharisee, a Jew of Jews, Nicodemus, as he is addressing him here? It's the same thing that he's tried to address uh, all throughout the New Covenant uh, in the New Testament literature in the text that we have, is that it is not by race, creed, or color, it is not by nationality or affiliation, but it is wholly, solely, purely through the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. There is nobody going to heaven because they are a Jew or a Gentile, a barbarian or Scythian. There is nobody going uh, to heaven based on skin color. There's nobody going uh, to heaven based on gender. Uh, listen, it does not matter our political affiliation. It does not matter our socioeconomic status. What matters today and where we must give an account for things is have we been born again? Have we received Jesus and believed Jesus as our eternal begotten and our Savior that has the ability to keep us and guard us against that day? Do we have faith and belief in our Messiah? All right. Now carry back over here. We see where the Bible tells us that in the Exodus that Moses carries the children of Israel. He carries them down where? He carries them to the water. Then we see where uh, the Bible tells us what happened on the water? 
Uh, so the Bible tells us this, that there was a, and listen, I'm leaving out some parts right here, but you go back and study this. Moses went to the, and he ascended up on the mountain. Uh, listen, because the people of God had begun to murmur against him, uh, and because of the constant and persistent murmuring that was against Moses, he went up to the mountain. He said, God, I have done as you have asked me. He said, but now we are down at the break of the water. He said, we are trapped on the water on one side. We are trapped by uh, the Egyptians on the other. We cannot move forward. We cannot move back. We, they're, they're, listen, Moses, uh, listen, he just cries unto the Lord. He said, Lord, I don't know what to do. Uh, and he seeks God in prayer. And the Bible tells us this, that, the, that there was a voice from, uh, from heaven, and God spoke to Moses and told him this. He said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Then he tells him, he said, I want you to go back down, walk through the midst of all the naysayers, all the backbiters, all those that are speaking against you. And friends, listen, I want to be a voice and a word of encouragement uh, to the modern-day New, New Testament born-again believer in the church today. Friends, listen, there is so much negativity uh, surrounding us within the church house today. There's so much, uh, uh, there's so much destruction. Uh, uh, people just want to tear down. We want to constantly fight. And I'm sure that people uh, are tired of, hear, of hearing me say this. But friends, listen, I want to tell you something. We've got to understand that when God speaks, we must follow. Uh, there is a uh, there is required obedience, and we must follow Him in obedience. And it does not matter to what length or to what end that it must cost us. We are commanded to go and follow Him. Friends, listen. But I want us to understand. So now the Bible tells us that Moses, he gets down to the brink of the water. He lays the rod uh, in the brim of the water. The Bible says that there was a strong east wind began to blow, and it blew all night. Uh, Francis, and what it did is it divided the Red Sea. Of course, we know the story. Moses and the Israelites, they walked across the Red Sea on dry ground. Now listen, I'm going to tie this back together. I want to tie the water and the spirit back together. Now you heard me last week, and if you didn't hear me, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to it. Uh, when we talk about the Spirit of God, we carry the Hebrew terminology from the Old Testament forward. Listen, the Hebrew word for spirit is wind or breath or life-giving force. It's the Hebrew word ruach. So listen, so when the Bible tells us uh, in, in the book of Exodus that when the, the wind blew, it was the ruach, it was the spirit that divided the waters. Amen. So friends, listen to me. When we see this, now get this into your mind. Uh, we see that the children of Israel, by the hand of Moses, they're led across the Red Sea. We see the birth of the nation of Israel, okay? Uh, we see the birth of the nation of Israel, and out the other side is the Exodus, where are they headed? They are headed toward Canaan. This is the birth of the nation. Now, I understand if you go back uh, from a covenantal purpose and a premise perspective, you go back and you say, well, the nation of Israel was established with Abraham. That was a covenant of faith. Yes, we see that. We see it in finality and fruition with Moses as he's given the commands and all things are brought to finality. So we see the birth of a nation. Why do we see a birth of a nation? We see a birth of a nation because when the promise was made covenantally to Abraham, there was no geography specifically attached to what Abraham had. Amen. Now you go back to that, and the Bible tells us Abraham, or God made a covenant with Abraham, and he said, uh, everything that you see that you can touch, he gives him parameters of the land. He said, all this, listen, he said, I will give it unto thee, and, uh, and you shall be my, uh, I, or I will be your God, and you shall be my people. As the sands of the sea, and, and, uh, uh, and as the stars of heaven, uh, innumerable. 
So we see that that covenantal language is established. But then we see uh, where the Bible tells us that they come out right here. We see where he said, I'll give you the Canaan land. We see where the northern southern kingdom are established. We see the birth of a nation. And through the birthing of a nation, we see where God dealt and he dwelt with the Israelite people. Through the entirety of the old covenant. We need to understand this. This is something that the, that the New Testament church today, listen, we, we, we read all of this right here. We try and make all the scripture fit uh, us today, right now, like it was written in 2020. This scripture was not written in 2020. We have to go back. We have to take the Old Testament. We have to pull the context and the meaning. We have to bring it forward. We have to see the finality and the fruition that was filled in the Lord Jesus Christ. Does it have applicability to us today? Yes, without question. I don't want anybody to misunderstand me, but friends, listen, we need to understand what the text, what the Bible is talking about, what Jesus is telling Nicodemus, a Pharisee, which which was a Jew. He was telling them, listen, because now, if you take the, the Exodus parallel, and he says, at the birth of a nation back there uh, were the Israelite people. And if you ask anybody in Jesus' day and time what the plan of salvation and how the plan of salvation was fixed or configured, they would say that you have to be a part of the larger community of the nation of the house of Israel. Uh, and listen, the Bible bears that out. And what Jesus is telling them again, it said, listen, being an Israelite, having race, creed, or color affiliation will not get you saved. Isn't that what we say today? Uh, friends, listen to me. We want to say the same thing. It does not matter where you come from. It does not matter uh, your ethnicity, your background. Uh, listen, like I said, all these statuses that we, that we lay claim and we lay hold to, it's, none of these things matter. Amen. This is the significance that we find today uh, that was the same significance then. It doesn't matter who you are. It does not matter where you came from. It does not matter that you are an Israelite, that you are a Pharisee. What, what he is saying is he said, listen, uh, uh, now carry this forward. Amen. Uh, listen, he came. He was the Pascal lamb. Carry this forward. He came. The Bible tells us when he performed all these miracles, and he said, destroy this temple in three days, I'll build it up. He said, no, it's no longer the Israelite nation. It's no longer the house of Israel. It's no longer this temple. But I am the fulfillment of all things. And because I am the fulfillment of all things, you must come through me. I am, listen, the Passover passed over the people. But Jesus, the, listen, we need to understand this. Our sin, our iniquity, our abomination, the ransom, redeeming price passed through Christ so it can pass over us when we by faith through grace believe in the soul-cleansing blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So this is what he's talking about. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. All right, now I'm going to move forward because that was a recap. Didn't take me but 18 minutes. That was a recap of where we left, uh, uh, left off in part one. In verse six, the Bible says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Absolutely. Marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. <coughs> the wind uh, bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but, cannot, but canst not tell uh, whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Now, I talked about this briefly uh, uh, last week or week before last, uh, but uh, I just want to mention this one more time. 
you, we need to pay attention to, to verse number 10 uh, because we're going to miss a lot of the text. Now, there's a lot of people think that uh, that when Jesus was telling Nicodemus that he needed to be born again, he was talking about something future that Nicodemus then could not obtain. But that's all put in new uh, purview and context when you read verse number 10. Uh, listen, Jesus answered, said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? When Jesus spoke these words of truth unto him, uh, Jesus had, uh, uh, listen, it was an expectation that Nicodemus should know what he was talking about. Friends, listen, and we have this understanding today, friends, listen, that uh, uh, we think that uh, uh, that we don't know these things, that uh, uh, that there are multitudes, multitudes, millions, and I, I dare say even billions of people in this present time, in this present world. I'm not talking about past history or future history or, or, or future tense or in, in past history, but what I am talking about is the billions of people that have left the walks of this line claiming ignorance that they did not know that they needed to be saved. Friends, listen, we, and we understand we, we have laid claim to this in Romans chapter number one. There is not one person in this world that will close their eyes, lift their eyes in hell. Uh, listen, in eternal separation in this thing from God uh, without first knowing and understanding that that was the choice that they were making. Listen, I, 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 you, you, we need to be uh, 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 very, very explicit and clear about this. The Bible tells us that they that people reject the truth in unrighteousness, and when they reject the truth in unrighteousness, listen, uh, God gives us enough light. When we come into this world, God gives us enough light. There is provenient grace. There is the Word of God. There is the cross of Calvary. There is the new covenant. There is the resurrection that stands in our stead and stands in our favor. And it is a witness for us that we can get to the cross of Calvary. And if we spurn the light that God has already inborn in us, if we spurn that light, then listen, then we will find ourselves creeping into darkness. But now if we respond to light, that light, God will give us more light. And that more light and more revelation will lead us to relationship with Jesus Christ, ultimately being born again. Verse 11, the Bible says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak uh, that we uh, do and testify that we, see, that we have seen, uh, and ye receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? Uh, <clears throat> so, friends, listen. We need to understand this. Uh, we we hyperlitalize everything, in, 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 and we, we take the newspaper, we take Time magazine, we look around us, and we say, uh, well, we can read this, and then we can go understand and interpret the Bible. That's not what, that's not what the Bible, the way the Bible is written. Uh, friends, listen. Uh, we don't need anything. Uh, else uh, other than this to understand this we just need to, uh, to all the hidden gems and treasures and truths of this life are hidden within the confines of the book but there are so many people in this world today they live miserably uh, listen and they can never find solace. They can never find peace. They can never find joy. Why? Listen, because they never open and read and study the Word of God. Friends, listen. I'm going to tell you something. If anything frustrates me, it's that a Christian don't doesn't have, a, or they people that say that are saved, they don't have a desire to read and study and understand the Word of God. That's concerning to me. 
because when we look and we survey the landscape of our churches, uh, friends, listen, uh, uh, what we begin to reveal and understand is that we have a we have a big crowd. We have a lot of folks sometimes in some places, and sometimes we don't have that. But listen, over, overwhelmingly what we have is, is a lot of people who are not invested in the Word of God. And if we want these things, if we want these blessings, if we want to be filled with these things, we must desire for His Word to fill us. All right, now moving on. Uh, in verse 12, as I've already read, if I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, uh, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. Okay, now let's read verse 13 one more time. Uh, we're, we're getting into some good stuff right here. And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. Friends, listen. There, uh, what Jesus is explicitly claiming to us right here. Now listen, we get back into this. Now take your mind, crawl back into the Old Testament just briefly here for just a few minutes as we carry this context forward. So friends, listen to me. What he's telling us, there's no men uh, ascended up into heaven. So we see here, uh, listen, or, or we can take old, old Covenant context and even elaborate on this. He's talking about Elijah uh, or Elias or Elijah uh, uh, and Enoch. No man ascended up uh, that has the authority to save. Uh, but friends, the Bible tells us this. There's no angel, there's no power, there's no principality. We are establishing in every gospel book, in every epistle, we are establishing the superiority of our Messiah, the Savior, Jesus Christ. There is no ex. Uh, there, there is no. Uh, uh, there is no other alternative, friends. Listen, it requires the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me read to you what John said, uh, and I've quoted this and preached on this numerous, numerous times in Revelation chapter number five. It's a, it's, it's a favorite text of mine, uh, but I love this, and it says, "I saw him." Uh, I saw in the right hand of him that sat uh, on the throne, a book written within and on the backside, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was uh, able to open a book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much because no man was found worthy to open, uh, to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not, behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, the four beasts, in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. Friends, listen. Uh, there's nobody in the earth, above the earth, uh, or in the earth. There is uh, nobody, uh, nowhere, no, no figment of our imagination, no angel. But it is solely and wholly in the Lord Jesus Christ, in the Messiah. If I told you earthly things, <laughs> if I've told you earthly things and you believe them not, how shall you believe if I tell you heavenly things? All right? He poses this question, and I pose the same question to the church today. 
And no man ascended up into heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. Now, verse number 14, we see a Numbers, Numbers chapter number 21 parallel right here. And the Bible says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Uh, you can go back and read in Numbers chapter 21, but I'm just going to uh, paraphrase this just for the sake of time. And we discussed this and talked about this on Sunday morning. Uh, but the Bible tells us there that the children of Israel, that they uh, that they were fiery serpents sent among them. And the fiery serpents, when they bit the people, uh, listen, it was uh, uh, an infatuation in the fire and a flame as the venom went through their bodies and they felt like they were on fire. And they began to cry and beg uh, for God to intercede and, and, and provide help and provision for them. And God told them this. He said, go make a brazen fire serpent. And he said, to put it upon a pole. And he said, go up on the hillside and, and, and carry and fly the pole. And he said, if any man shall look upon the serpent, when he looks upon the serpent, he shall be healed. So we see the Moses parallel yet once again from Numbers 21. And the Bible, Jesus specifically says this. He said, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Friends, listen to me. We need to understand today that we as, uh, uh, as creatures today in the Garden of Eden, when, when, when our greatest uh, father, <coughs> Adam, when he forsake all and disobeyed, and we see, uh, listen, friends, we have uh, inherited sin. We do not have inherited guilt. Go back and listen to our Romans chapter number five uh, if you want to hear about that. We don't, we don't care with us. In I'm, not, I'm not going, uh, I, I, I didn't need to be saved because of what Adam did in the garden. Now, because of what Adam did in the garden, uh, that's the reason that I require a Redeemer. But I myself am not responsible personally for Adam's sin. People don't, they are not born with imputed guilt. They are born with in, inherited sin. We don't have inherited guilt. And friends, listen to me. Uh, but we do need to understand this. Because of the inclination and because sin has touched every fiber, fiber morsel and part of our being, because of our uh, our greatest father, Adam's disobedience. Friends, listen to me. When, when Adam disobeyed in the garden, in the temple garden, and he was exiled <coughs> from the presence of God. When he was exiled from that place, the Bible tells us that there was angels, there was cherubims put, uh, uh, listen, that guarded the gates, that guarded the tree of life with flaming swords of fire. Friends, listen, we, we must come to the, real, the reality, the realization and the understanding that the only way back to the tree of life or the only way back to Jesus Christ himself is that he himself must be lifted up, that he must be the eternal supreme sacrifice. And listen, it was a reclaiming of a nation, uh, of all the nations. It was a ransom for all things. It wasn't just for humanity. It was it was for all things. When the Bible talks about all things, Francis, to me, it wasn't just for people. It was for all things. Amen. Everything that he hath created was redeemed and ransomed at Calvary. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in them shall not perish, but have uh, eternal life. Whosoever. Amen. Uh, we see this terminology used right here in these next two verses. Whosoever. What is the, uh, what, what is the indication of whosoever? 
Friends, now listen, this is not coercively. This is not predestinarian. Uh, friends, listen, this is not something uh, that God saw, looked down through the quarters of time. This is not a foresight. This is simply when any single man, woman, boy, or girl, race, creed, or color, does not matter, when they are presented with the gospel, and a response is required for the gospel. When a person is in, uh, found, finds themselves in this shape, state, and condition, when they realize that there is of necessity uh, and requirement for them that they must be born again, that, that we must believe. And I want to say this, believing allegiance in the Lord Jesus Christ those that are saved will believe, they will endure, as the Bible says. Uh, friends, listen, they, they will passionately and fervently, uh, they, they will, now listen, I talked about this on Sunday morning. Not about performance and it's not about perfection, it's about believing. Friends, listen to me. It's about our allegiance and our alliance. Friends, listen. Will we falter? Will we fail? Yes, absolutely. But I want to tell you something, friends. Listen, the Bible tells us this. He chasteneth those that he loveth. Amen. If you can live in this world saturated in sin without any repercussion, if you can live saturated in sin in this world, listen, and there is uh, nothing dealing or the Spirit of God not working and compelling and drawing, convicting you. Friends, listen to me. You need to be saved. I'm going to tell you something, friends. I believe that there's an overwhelming majority of people within the confines of the church today uh, listen to me. Uh, they believe in, uh, and listen, they're holding fast to some kind of emotional, uh, tear-jerking experience that they had, but there is no fruit to their salvation. Uh, listen to me. They've never felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. Uh, listen to me. They don't know what it is. That they find themselves wallowing in the hog pen and in the mire of sin, and they find themselves happy because they've never been saved. Whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now listen, the Bible tells us, uh, listen, the most famous verse in the word of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world, and we've talked about this before. The word world in the Greek is the word cosmos. It's the first, the second, and the third heaven. It's the earth in which we see the planetary uh, heavens, the starry heavens. Uh, friends, listen, it's all things. Dr. Adrian Rogers said one time, he said, uh, the first we see by uh, a sight, the second we see by night, and the third we see by faith. Friends, listen to me. We need to understand today that God redeemed all things he died for all things the world the cosmos amen and now we see the parallel of this as we tie verse number five as, as we see the parallel coming from the book of exodus we see where this ties in there again with verse number 16 it's not about nationality it's not about being a jew or an israelite what he's saying here is it's, and now it's Jew and Gentile alike. It's barbarian. It's Scythian. It's whosoever would believe upon the word, though, and who is the word is the Lord Jesus Christ, because God so loved the world. Amen. I, listen, he loved them all. He ransomed and redeemed all things, and he gave his only son. Now, listen, 
uh, uh, his special eschatological agent. There is something uh, special about the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. He is different than any man. Uh, th- listen, uh, the two men on the road to Emmaus, uh, after they uh, left, uh, they said, did our hearts not burn within us? Boy, I'm glad, aren't you? That when the uh, when when the Spirit of God uh, and when the uh, when the work uh, of the of, of the Holy Spirit touches us, I'm glad that we have a special touch and a presence uh, <laughs> and a relationship with our Savior Jesus Christ. Now, listen: For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, His only special eschatological perfect second person of the trinity there is none like him there's none that come up listen but he came down his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life friends listen if we believe we will not die amen if we believe we will receive eternal life amen Aren't you glad that through believing in the Lord Jesus Christ that we are possessors of eternal life? The Bible tells us uh, in the verses that we often quote in 1 Peter, he said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. Amen. I'm glad that if we believe in him eternally, uh, listen, that he shall grant us eternal life. Friends, listen to me. Are we safe? Are we secure? Are we sealed? Yes, absolutely. We are sealed, safe, secure in our belief. Friends, no man can pluck us out of his hand. Amen. Friends, listen to me. We can't, uh, uh, listen, when we're believing, we cannot lose anything. Cannot part, cannot be taken, cannot be stolen, cannot be sold. We are inheritors of, of God's special blessing, and that is eternal life with him in a place that he has prepared for the redeemed of God. Listen. Going to try and work our way through verse number 21, uh, and then we're going to cut it off. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Now listen, <clears throat> there's a lot of people, and the church is taking on a bad rap, uh, and there's a lot of people assumed a bad name, because all we want to do is look down, uh, listen, we want to climb up, I, I said this Sunday morning, we want to climb up as high as we can on our pole of elitism and we want to look down with our narrow fiery eyes and execute judgment upon all those around us that are not as good as us amen Uh, friends listen to me you know what separates me Uh, you know what separates me uh, from from you and what separates you from Paul and Peter and James and John? It's Jesus. It's not you. It's Jesus. Amen. Jesus is what sets me apart. Without Jesus, I am nothing. Without Jesus, I am eternally lost and hell bound. 
And the Bible tells us, now listen, the, the Bible tells us this about the Spirit of God. Jesus told them this. He said, it's expedient that I go away, for if I go away, then the comforter cannot come. The paraclete cannot come. And when he has come, he will reprove. What does that word reprove mean? That word reprove means convict. So listen, uh, when he has come, he will convict the world. of. It didn't say he'd condemn them. Amen. He said he'd convict the world of sin. Listen, through conviction drives repentance. Amen. That's what the Lord wants. That's why he said in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse number 9, the Lord's not slack concerning his promises to us. We're not willing that any should perish, but his long-suffering to us, we're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come under repentance. That is the desire of God. That is his purpose. That is his intention. That is his extension, is to save and to seek all that would believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. As, as we see in the previous verse, or, or, or a couple verses there, uh, as he told him, he said, as Moses, uh, as he exalted and lifted the, the, the serpent on the pole, he said, so also must the Son of Man be lifted up. He said, I didn't come to bring fiery hell and destruction upon all these people. He said, I came uh, as a lowly lamb, uh, as prophesied in Isaiah chapter number 53. Uh, listen, his transgressions, our transgressions, our abominations, our sins is what crucified him. Uh, listen, but he didn't go and he didn't willingly humble himself uh, in humility uh, and, and, and take upon him all the abomination, the wickedness, the sorrow, the sadness, and the sin of all mankind to condemn us. He did those things to save us. Amen. He done those things to save us. Oh, I wish... I wish the world could hear my heart tonight. Listen, I want people to be saved. Uh, listen to me. And if we don't want to see people saved, then we need to get saved ourselves. I'm telling you one thing, friends. Listen to me. I, 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 listen, I, I'll be honest with you. It's hard for me not to show my frustration uh, in the church. Uh, sometimes I just be honest with you because God has blessed a lot of people with a lot of gifts, a lot of talents, a lot of things that we could be doing. I listen for the Lord Jesus Christ, yet we do nothing. We do nothing. And in the midst of doing nothing, we talk about what everybody else is doing. Preacher said one time, he said, I like the way I do it better than the way you don't. Amen. All right, we're going to get our way through this. He that believeth on him is not condemned. Now listen, verse number 18, this is pretty self-explanatory. Uh, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Right? He that believeth on him is not condemned. The Bible tells us, listen, uh, now listen, you see this where this is flipped right here. Uh, it didn't say he that believeth not on him is condemned. It says uh, he that believeth on him is not condemned. Friends, listen to me. We just need to be willing. Uh, God is seeking. Uh, he is asking. He is knocking. But we need to respond in belief. God has done all the work. But listen, I agree with this in Ephesians 2, 8. For by grace you saved through faith, not of yourselves, but it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We are absolutely, emphatically not saved by our works. But we are 1,000%, 100%. We are saved by his work on Calvary. Without the work of Calvary, 
We are hopelessly and eternally lost. It's not my work that justifies, but it is his work that justifies. And when by faith through grace we believe he imputes into us his righteousness and seals us, fills us with the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, the, the third person of the Godhead, and seals us until the day of redemption. So the Bible tells us we must believe upon him. And if we believe on him, uh, and he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not, he that, 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 that lives in willful discretion and sin, and the propensity of all the sin uh, that, that, we are, uh, that we are created in, he that believeth not, he it is that is condemned, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Please, listen to the gospel, respond to the gospel, believe the gospel, and you shall be saved. And this is the condemnation, that light, Jesus, the Messiah, that light has come into the world. He was in the world. He came to his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. That light is coming to the world. But men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. They chose to believe not, and in believing not brought upon them condemnation because when they believed not, they loved their own sin more than they loved Jesus, the Messiah. Friends, he's here to save you. He's here to help you. Boy, I tell you, the saddest thing in this whole world uh, is the fact that there are people that are dying lost, lonely, helpless, hopeless, uh, and without a Savior. They come into church that way, they leave that way. They come to Bible study that way, they leave that way. They go in, in and out of this world every single day, lost, lonely, hopeless, hurting. They need Jesus. They need help. They need a Savior. But yet, they all they... The, the, all they have to do is believe. And friends, listen to me. We need to be a promoter of, 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 of Jesus Christ to the lost and the dying world. I'm telling you what, there's a, they're going by the handfuls into hell today. And we need to be a light into them to see them saved. Get down from our tower of elitism, looking down our re religious righteous nose, casting condemnation and executing every single body at the stake. And let us show them the love of our Savior. Jesus Christ. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, and his deeds uh, may be manifest, and they are wrought in God. God bless you tonight. We love you. We appreciate you. We're thankful for this opportunity to worship with you. We love the Word of God. Appreciate uh, each and every one of you. Uh, let's remember this coming Sunday we had to postpone our, uh, this past Sunday we're going to do our, our Christmas parade when we go around we uh, usually in years past we'll hand out fruit baskets and sing a few carols but uh, with all the COVID restrictions things the way they are right now I'm trying to be cautious and careful but we are going to try and ride by to a few different places and at least blow the horn wave at them tell them Merry Christmas we do love you we appreciate you that'll be coming up this Sunday service Good Lord willing, will be 11 o'clock uh, in the Fellowship Hall, and uh, the parade will be uh, thereafter. But we appreciate you joining us tonight. Hope that uh, 
The Lord watches over you and keeps you. Most of all, I, this is my prayer. If you're not saved, you get saved today. God bless you.